Looking up, she carefully pondered my question with a deep frown before responding, Not yet, but there's something there, Woody. Something I can't really describe to you in words. I know that she's listening to me and watching over me. I can feel her presence. Do you know what it means when someone says, It's on the tip of my tongue. It feels like that. You can't quite reach it, but you know it's there, just on the other side of comprehension. I know exactly what you mean, I agreed, slowly nodding my head to let her know I was on the same page, waiting for her to resume her story. Since my rehab, I've been playing the Ellicott Room one weekend every month. I'm scheduled to perform there this weekend, Woody. But the thought of leaving you is more than I can bear, so... It would mean a lot to me if you would perform with me, Woody. Her invitation was like a double-edged sword, but I agreed, knowing she needed my support, be it musical or emotional, and frankly, I needed hers as well. I guess I should warn you, Woody, Lenny may come across a little strange, but he's really a loving and gentle person underneath his rough exterior. I can't wait to meet him, I said not at all convincingly. One more thing, Woody. Lenny is very protective of me, like I was his own little girl. After the accident, he told me he had promised Papa that if anything ever happened, he would watch over me. And I must tell you, he has been true to his promise. If ever I needed a godfather, Lenny is it. He has a heart of gold especially when it comes to his precious little flower. Precious little flower? I asked. That's what he calls me, Woody. It means so much to him. In that case, I'm sure we'll get along famously. I said more to convince myself it was true than believing it. We arrived at the Ellicott Room around four o'clock that afternoon. We still had plenty of time to prepare for our 7.30 show, but Lenny was pacing like a caged lion when Violetta and I walked in. Brusque was actually a pretty accurate description of the inimitable Lenny D, but it didn't go far enough. As soon as he saw me carrying her guitar case, plus my own burgundy velvet-lined sax case, not to mention the garment bag slung over my shoulder, he stopped dead in his tracks and threw his arms up into the air in exasperation. Violetta, who's this bum? He yelled across the room in a strained voice. Despite everything Violetta had told me about Lenny, he didn't look that formidable to me. Expecting to see a thick-shouldered, no-neck mobster, Lenny was quite the opposite. A wiry little man hunched over at the shoulders. His hair, or what was left of it, was obviously dyed pitch black, coiled around to cover the bald spots, which were no longer spots but geographic regions. The extravagance of the club was equally offset by his manner of dress. Lenny wore a beat-up old green checked jacket, purple pants that were two inches too long and dragging on the floor, a canary yellow shirt, an oversized red bow tie with pink stripes, and red Ked sneakers with pink laces, obviously chosen to match the bow tie. If I had to hazard a guess, it would be that his socks were white, but I didn't care to ask him to raise his pant leg so I could test my hypothesis. 
His appearance was only half as strange as his manner of speaking. Everything was spit out in short staccato bursts, much like a verbal machine gun. And that analogy caused me a moment of alarm, wondering how this strange little man could possibly own such a ritzy club. Lenny, this is Woody, Violetta began to say in slow, measured tones. Before she could finish her introduction, Lenny had hustled over to me, grabbed me by the elbow, and started pulling me to a table across the room where he still had half a glass of something waiting for him. You listen to me, Mr. Woody Two-Shoes, he spat as he looked up at me, waving a bent index finger in my general direction. I demand to know your intentions right now, not tomorrow, not next week, but right now. You understand me? I wasn't sure whether to laugh or shake in fear, so I chose neither. Instead, quietly sitting down and gesturing for him to do the same before his blood boiled out the top of his head. Mr. D, I appreciate your concern. In fact, I'm thankful Violetta has you to watch over her. The simple answer is, we love each other. She loves me, I love her. I want you to know that I would never do anything to hurt her, and I would never let anyone else harm her either. He stared at me long and hard, wondering how to put me in my place and reestablish his machismo dominance. I didn't flinch. Finally, he let a smile escape the left corner of his crooked little mouth. Call me Lenny, okay, kid? Okay, Lenny. I'm Woody Reed, I said as I reached across the table to shake his hand. I was startled at the touch of his gnarled arthritic fingers, the grip not really a grip at all, but more an offering of a cold, clammy fish. Listen, I didn't mean to call you a bum, you know? But Violetta, she's my responsibility. If I ever hear... All at once, Lenny stopped in mid-sentence, lowering his vocal volume and relinquishing his outward hostility to an inward gentility I realized he tried much too hard to hide. Jeez, I'm sorry, kid. Look, I can tell by talking to you, you'd never do nothing bad to her. By this time, Violetta had limped over to join us at the table, she leaned over Lenny and planted a loving kiss on his forehead, causing him to turn a deep shade of crimson. Lenny, I have something else to tell you, she said haltingly as she sat down next to me. I've asked Woody to sit in with me this weekend, if that's all right with you. Whether due to his volatility or to convince Violetta he was still in charge, Lenny looked at her sternly and began waving the other bent index finger in her direction. Violetta, you know I love you like you are my own little girl, but I ain't gonna pay for another musician. Violetta smiled warmly in return, raising her hands in surrender, which seemed all too appropriate for the situation. Lenny, this won't cost you another penny. I'll pay Woody myself out of my standard fee. Now duly acknowledged as the boss after all, Lenny looked at me, then back to her, then back at me again, and back to her once more before relenting. What's he play? Lenny, you've never heard anyone play tenor sax like Woody, she boasted on my behalf. Trust me on this one, Mama and Papa would have loved to play music with Woody. He's that gifted, Lenny. 
I was stunned, unable to move, feeling I'd been given the most sincere compliment I could ever imagine. Violetta redirected her gaze to me and wouldn't let go for what seemed like an hour. Lenny sat there fidgeting uncomfortably, his head turning from her to me, me to her, her to me, in what seemed to me to be torturous slow motion. Finally, Lenny broke the spell. Jeez, if you say he's good, Violetta, I guess he's okay by me. Turning his head back to me for the umpteenth time, he wagged that finger once more. But no free drinks for the band, he chided playfully. Violetta and I both broke out laughing, which eventually caused the same reaction from Lenny D. The more he laughed, the harder we laughed, no doubt responding to the strangeness of watching Lenny turn purple from lack of breath. Violetta and I then agreed that she would open the two-hour show herself for about the first half hour before bringing me on stage to join her, which was fine with me in turn making Lenny all the more confident in my innocent intentions.